0: Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk, back again with you guys for another episode of our Let's Talk Arsenal series. Apologies for the late start this morning. Uh, no 8am transfer show to you, for you today, unfortunately. Uh, I was up very late last night doing the blog, didn't get to sleep till around 4am. Um, and to be honest, didn't get much sleep, really. Uh, woke up about, mm, what? nine-ish. So yeah, not not load asleep, but uh, fingers crossed I can get some maybe a little bit later on today. It's going to be an interesting day, of course. Lots still happening, lots still to happen uh, in the world of Arsenal. So hopefully we can be discussing some positive news come the end of the day and potentially in the form of a signing being announced. Alexander Zinchenko was, of course, at the ground yesterday for the game. Really, uh, really good to see that there. Really good seeing with the group. And, you know, the earliest we've seen a player you know, in and around the squad, and even mentioned by the club before the official signing has been announced. But it was near impossible to, you know, hide the fact that Zinchenko is is coming to Arsenal. So that's really positive that he's going to be sorted. It was also really positive that we won the game. Most importantly, imagine having to stay up until 4 a.m. in the morning and watch a game in which Arsenal lose to a poor—I say poor—you know, Orlando City. Are, you know, are a very decent MLS team, but in context to Arsenal, you know, it is a different level of of game. Imagine losing, say, I don't know, 4-0. That would be pretty poor. Or imagine being like the champions of Europe, say, I don't know, last year and losing to a town named after Charlotte. Imagine that. Oh, dearie me. Imagine if someone had done that. That would be awful. Especially if you had to like stay up to watch something that late on. That would be hilariously awkward, wouldn't it? Um, (laughs) Anyway, uh, yeah, it was a really good game in the end. Second half definitely turned things around again. You know, this is a situation quite like the Nuremberg game where the first half was disappointing. Started off really well. You know, we came alive quite quickly. It was clear that, you know, Arteta had sent the boys out with an intent to try and go and win the game uh, and get some early goals. We managed to do that. But after we scored, things kind of started to unravel. um, And the balls in behind really did hurt Tavares and Marie and Holding in particular, those three in the back four. You know, Cedric didn't really stand out for me either way, but Holding Marie and Tavares stood out for me defensively as very vulnerable. Um, And it wasn't until the second half in which we were really able to kind of deal with a lot of the, the threat that was still there from Orlando, although we did mitigate their threat quite significantly. But yeah, the first half was... It was a bit of a a struggle, Um, and I think that that highlights the depth issue that we've got. What I would say is that I do think people are overreacting a little bit. Um, You have to consider the fact that a lot of those players probably won't be here next season. They're going to move on, and we've still got a lot of players to come back. Smith-Rowe, Vieira, um, Tommy Yasu has still got to come back as well. Um, there's a couple more I think that have just completely escaped in my mind, um, and of course we've got Alexander Zinchenko to come in, and perhaps any more signings we do this window. So I don't think it, and I don't expect Arsenal either to go into those Europa League games or those cup games and change the entire eleven. You know, I think that there will be certain players that play twice a week and that can certainly play twice a week. So I don't think this is a problem. But what I would say is that it's highlighting the difference in quality between the players. Like when Gabriel Jesus came onto the field it just was so much better. Um, things just clicked a lot more. The movement was much better. The energy was greater. It just demands more of the team. And so that was that was really, really good. We're going to get your thoughts in the chat box of our game as well. Uh, we're going to say good morning, of course, as always, to you. Good morning to Paul, to Temi, to gooner Jake, Owen. Good morning to you, my friend um let's go to stevie and kieran good morning to you guys uh jahanan good morning to you uh let's go to zander and tony and matt g good morning guys uh so i can watch this one video what a strange name for a youtube channel <laughs> but uh, welcome to the show pedro good morning to you to clock uh to Vinny. Uh, to Wahid and Sam and Aidan, good morning, guys. Please do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. And thank you for joining me a slightly little bit later than usual this morning to discuss uh, what was uh, an interesting game. Uh, let's go through some of your questions regarding the game. We will get on to transfers, don't worry. Um, but let's, let's have a discussion about what we saw yesterday. Lee says, morning, Tom. What do you think of that second half? The second half was simply dominant and we took control of the game as Mikel Arteta described in his post-match press conference. Jesus inspired so much more movement and better quality and energy. This guy just creates chances out of near nothing you know and it was really good to see Eddie Nketiah's game again step up. I do feel a bit for the guy you know he's being lumped on with the second string squad because he's the second striker at the moment behind Jesus but he's just not getting anywhere near the level of service that he needs but when he has players like Saka and uh, and Jesus and Erdegaard, you know, Erdegaard, by the way, was just sublime. You know, some of the passes that Martin Erdegaard was doing were a joke. The disguised balls, the little volleyed pass that should have led to a penalty. You know, Nicolas Pepe was absolutely fouled in the box prior to any kind of offside infringement. I don't know why that wasn't given, um, but Urdegaard was having an absolute control over our and dictating arsenal's play and that's what we need to see from him next season um let's go uh Uganka says that's what we're used to seeing in asia being up until 4 a.m in the champions league and seeing your team lose well one of the things that i wrote during the uh the match day blog on football london was that you know i have absolute the utmost respect for our global fan base who have to get up in the early hours of the morning and and watch these games because it is a ultra commitment, a genuine, especially when you've got work. And you know, I had the fortune of, of working the game, so I had you know more motive and monetary reason to to watch it because it was my job. Um, whereas you know, with the game against um, the game against Everton, you know, I fell asleep. You know, I missed the game. It was it was near impossible, just so tired. But with this one, you know, I was fully committed to try and watch it for a preseason friendly. So fair play to everybody and, and those global fans in, in all different places around the world that do get up at ridiculous o'clock to watch the games. Fair play to you. utmost respect and and deserved, that's for sure. Um, Dennis says, where is Tomiyasu? No one else seems to be asking the question to Arteta in the press conferences. He's got a very slight minor injury. Hopefully he might even be back for the game against Chelsea, if not certainly for the Sevilla game. There's a reason why they took him on the tour. If he was that injured, he wouldn't have gone. Um, he will be back very soon indeed, Dennis. So you don't think you need to worry. Uh, Stephen says, would you agree that we shouldn't look too much into this? It's a friendly, it's very hot in Orlando and are, they're at peak fitness. Of course, it's a very good point. You know, Orlando are a team that are in the middle or beyond the middle of their competitive league season um, and are completely match fit and ready to play. So that is certainly something to take into account. The, man, the fact that we managed to outpace them at the beginning of the game is a good sign. But it wasn't entirely surprising that they came into things and survived. Perhaps that's one of the reasons why Chelsea and Everton both suffered poor results against these MLS teams. Is that you know, as you said there, Stephen, they are up to full, uh, they're up to full readiness now, and the fitness of the Arsenal team and the readiness of the Arsenal team just isn't at that same level. And despite that, we came out with a win. You would say quite comfortably. Uh, Daniel says, "Is Nelson?" Like a new signing. I'm not sure he's like a new signing. I think he's certainly a little bit of a bonus to us, that's for sure. Whether or not he stays with us next season, we'll have to wait and see. Um, But he came on and had more of an impact than Pepe had throughout the entire game. I know that we watch these shows and you think I'm absolutely bashing Nicolas Pepe, but he doesn't necessarily help himself. I didn't think he was particularly good during the game. There were times where he could take, say, one player on, beat his man, and then the next man would come in and nick the ball. There were times where the timing of his decisions weren't just very, weren't very good. Uh, And Nelson came on and was doing more almost immediately. Uh, Clearly a player with the intention of trying to get into the team next season, whereas Pepe, we're pretty sure at this point, is looking to try and find a new club for next season, knowing that he's going to struggle to get regular game time um let's go to uh matt who says tom how did you get yourself booked in the first minute of a pre-season friendly <laughs> um yeah look i i assume you're talking about rob holding which if if you are thank you that's quite the compliment uh i don't even know i missed the yellow cards i don't know what he got it for it was it must have been for absolutely nothing and happened off camera but yeah very strange decision uh for that booking because most people missed it. it was that kind of left field at this stage um, Dave says, as Dan said in the Discord, could lukonga do so much better at eight than six? Um, and that then mean we go for a number six in the window? Potentially, you know, I'm not ruling out the idea that Arsenal go out and sign a defensive midfielder instead of more of a box-to-box player, because I think Sambi was one of the standouts, you know, in the team. I think that Sambi was one of the standout performers of that first half. Good movement, good progression of the ball, good passing at times didn't look defensively unaware. You know, the times that Orlando got in behind was those long through balls over the defenders that were easy to run onto. So I thought Lukonga stood out still and he played that more advanced number eight role, whereas Elneny was, of course, sitting back. Um, so, yeah, I absolutely do think that there's a chance to see Lukonga play slightly further forwards. I also think he can play the sixth role if he's alongside someone like a Partey or a Xhaka. But, you know, I think he does for the moment at least need that added help. Um let's go to uh King who says, Tom, did you see uh our good friend Mike and Cecil from AFTV getting their questions um on the PK? Or do you mean press conference rather than PK? I I don't know otherwise. Um, and what's your thoughts on fans getting the opportunity? Look, at the end of the day, they are content creators, both Mike and Cecil, working for the either sides, and you know, they have taken the opportunity to go to the games. And ask the questions, and fair play to them. You know, I think that I think sometimes journalism can be looked as a bit of um, a closed circle. You know, I feel like I've definitely experienced that since breaking into into things. That like, you know, there are I think it can be very closed off, very protect, it's a very protective um, profession because everyone's got their contacts and sources. People don't want to give up their information or their edge, and makes them kind of stand out. But I think it's great to see these opportunities given to supporters. I think it's great that. You know, Arsenal have got Frimmy, for instance, doing a lot of their social stuff, a fan that created content online and has been given now the dream the, the, the dream job is what Frimmy has. And then you've got Aston Mack, you know, an American fan, an activist doing some great stuff for the, uh, the away shirt promotion. And now you've got our good friend Mike, you know, asking questions with a SingStar microphone uh, to the Arsenal players, and it's fantastic. You know, it's great seeing these opportunities and more opportunities should be given. I think the relationship between the club and the fans would improve with uh, a greater embrace of fan online video culture, you know, having that as a more of a base. And during this Amazon documentary, I think we're going to see both sides of the, the divide regarding Arteta and the club and where things stand. So I think it's great, King. I think it should happen more. And I think that, you know, AFT, AFTV in particular, you know, has been something that have really put a lot of effort into turning around and changing the content that they produce when you tend to see criticism of AFTV, it's usually people that haven't really watched it in the last year or two. Um, and this is coming from someone that was very critical of AFTV in the past, but it usually comes from those that haven't really watched it of late and haven't really been able to therefore see the changes that have been made on the channel and to really kind of bring it back round and and stabilise it and make it more, not more acceptable because, you know, at the end of the day, it's fan opinion, but certainly more, um, I think, amenable. Um, is probably a good word to use. I think it certainly is more amenable and accessible for more fans without necessarily having it a case of thinking it's just an overreactionary situation. So, yeah, I think that a lot of work's been done in the fan culture side of things, and the club wants to do more to connect with those fans as well. I think you saw that, you know, when judges chatting alongside Edu, you know, five, six, seven years ago, I don't think anyone on AFTV would be able to have a chat with Edu. I just don't think that the club will ever be open to that. But I think things are changing now. And I think they're changing for the better and for the benefit of us as fans as well. Uh, let's go to uh, Nnamdi who says, are you not worried if any of the main players like Tommy Asu, Parte, Jesus suffer an injury that we would have an issue? The two Haas were such a contrast. I worry, don't you? I don't worry about there being that strong of a contrast because if you think about it, when are we ever going to be in a situation where all the first team are injured and we just have the second team? You know, as you say, it's going to be one, two, three players That you're going to lose three, four in the worst of times like we experienced at the end of last season. And we didn't have the backup. You know, the thing is, we've got someone who's now backing up Tierney, Inzinchenko. We hopefully can bring someone in that's going to also give us depth to Partey. Jesus has come in, and I think people are sleeping on Inketia. You know, we get a lot of comments on the channel that like if Jesus gets injured, our season's done. And I think that's really unfair on Nketiah right now. I get that he's not the most popular figure or people aren't willing to kind of jump on the idea of Nketiah being Arsenal's starting striker. And he's not. But I think that to disregard him and say that if, if Jesus gets injured, Arsenal's season is over, I think is certainly very harsh on Enketia. And I think he's showing a side to his game and that we've seen at the end of last season and throughout the preseason, especially when more senior and starting players are around him, that he can offer plenty of movement and goals as well. So and creativity too. So I think that's harsh. So I'm not as worried but we certainly have still got work to do in the market. The right back scenario, you know, we got Cedric, got White, we got Saliba that can all play at right back if we need them to uh if Tomiyasu is indeed out. Is it something that we need to look at potentially But, you know, Waters and Brooke Norton-Cuffey are exciting young options that are coming through the ranks as well. Oliver says, do you think that Nelson's goal shows that he does have the ability to be part of the squad next season, especially as we are desperate for a backup right winger? Uh, I think that his goal shows that he's willing to come on and give 110% to try and fight for that place. Can he be a backup right winger next season? I'm not sure. You know, the drop-off from Saka to Nelson is still too considerable for me right now. I would need to see a lot more of him, and I don't think he can show me enough in preseason to change that. I still would sign someone, you know, in in that position before the window closes. I think we need to sign someone. We haven't seen Vieira yet, you know, and Vieira can play in a wide right position too and has done to to a good, good level. So perhaps that's what we have to wait and see, what we can see from someone like him as well. Aya said, do you think this was the last draw for some of the fringe players since Arteta gave them a chance and since they came to the trip but haven't impressed? I think Arteta spoke about this after the game. You know, he talked about the fact that a lot of players are going to be moving on this summer. And I think that if we think about the fact that there are... OK, let's, let's tackle kind of the, one of the main topics that I wanted to talk about on today's show. I put a tweet out this morning you may have seen. Looking on the Arsenal website, you know, when Zinchenko eventually is announced and gets added to that list of senior players on the squad, Arsenal will have 33 senior players in their squad. That's eight more than they're allowed to have in a 25-man squad. You know, Arsenal will need to register those players and eight of them will get left out. And yet the idea that we could still sign players between now and the end of the season, it, you know, it's just not going to happen, is it? It's just it's just not going to happen if unless we move players on. I'm surprised we've managed to bring five in without moving anyone on. There are players that look close to leaving, like Bernd Leno, for instance. Uh, Lucas Torreira, Hector Bellerin have also been mentioned. Pablo Murray, of course, too. Nicolas Pepe, I think, will leave on loan. Alex Runison will probably leave on loan as well, with us paying a lot of his wages I think and and Ainsley Maitland-Arles is another one. So there are a number of players that should move on. In fact, I think there's 10 that could leave the club uh, from a senior standpoint. Players like Nuno Tavares and Balogun could leave on loan. So yeah, look, I think there is, fingers crossed, plenty of opportunity. I'm wary because I think outside they're about to start drilling. So apologies if you end up hearing anything and do let me know in the chat box if it becomes ridiculously loud and we'll probably have to change it. Cause I can imagine it's going to be very loud cause I can already hear it starting in the background. Um But yeah, I don't think Arsenal are going to bring any players in um, until we start moving players out. And the thing is, is those players are the types of players that will probably move towards the end of the window. They are not players that are, they're just not players that are going to move on now or at the start of the window because, They're players that clubs are going to look to try and buy with opportunity. They're players that are going to be able to go for less money because clubs aren't going to want to buy them at the start of the window. So Arsenal are going to have to wait a little bit until more teams come in for them, which will probably be towards the end of the window, possibly even on deadline day, which is why most of Arsenal's business from now will probably take place in an incoming sense in the final weeks of the window. To me, that's not a failure, that's just the reality of the situation. And I think Arsenal have done exceptionally well to bring in as many players as they have. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a positive. Uh, Asmarom says, Tom, do you think Arsenal should scout the Orlando right-winger for Kando Torres? 22 years of age, Uruguay International, played as cover for Saka. Yesterday, it was impressive. He was very impressive indeed and scored a, a fantastic goal. Good movement, good finish. All of that was really strong indeed. Um, So, yeah, I think there's possibilities for for him to be looked at. But I do think we should be looking at someone of a higher level personally. Uh, Vishal says, the best part of the team is that the goal scoring responsibility is shared quite evenly. But do you see Jesus and Nketiah scoring 25 goals between them across all competitions? Yes. In the Premier League? I'm not sure. I think that Jesus can absolutely score between 15 and 20 goals across all competitions. Can he score more than 15 goals in the Premier League? I mean, that's got to be a challenge for him. It's got to absolutely be a target for him. I think the pair need to target 30 goals across the whole season, between the two of them. I think that's what they should be targeting, is trying to get 30 goals between the pair of them across the next campaign. Uh, Chris says, I feel sorry for Holding playing next to Marie. Always makes him look bad. There were scenarios where Holding also made a couple of mistakes individually, so I wouldn't necessarily pin all the blame on Marie. There was an opportunity, I think it was Michelle, their winger on their left-hand side, made an absolute mockery of Holding in one of the moments as well and got past him, so I don't think it's necessarily as easy as saying Marie cost him. Uh, Tiago says, Tom, do you think that Cedric is still reliable as a competitor for Tomiyasu? No way he stays fit the whole season. I think that in the reality of what Arsenal need to do in the market, he kind of just has to be. And I know that sucks as an answer, but with the amount of needs that we have in all these different areas of the field, backup right back was just not an area that we were willing clearly to go in for. Um, and, and, that's, and that's the reality. Matt says, Tom, you look tired. Uh, late night, very late night indeed. Didn't get to sleep until 4am, mate. So uh, yeah, very, very late night indeed. Hence the slightly later show this morning. Um, Sam reckons that Jesus will get eighteen this season, but just in the Premier League. Uh, Lee says I think Eddie on uh, Eddie and Jesus is going to surprise the whole of the Premier League. Think of the chemistry between lacquer and Alba, and I think there's going to go on to bigger and better things than that. I hope you're right, mate. I hope you are very right indeed. Uh, let's go to Lucas, who says if you were to sign just one player this window, who would you bring in? Fifty million max. I can have one more player, Milinkovic-Savic for fifty million. I'd try, I'd try it. You know, here's £50 million and Lucas Torreira, and uh, and we'll take Milinkovic-Savage off your hands. So I'd probably do that if if I had a choice. That's, that's what I would go for. Uh, let's go to... Let's scroll up. I'm sure I've missed some other questions. JDB says, Tom, out of all the backups, which ones are the ones that if you stay, you'll be the most worried to see them on the pitch? Pablo Murray. It's easily Pablo Murray. <laughs> well, I'm so worried about him. Uh, he's just too slow. Really, really slow. Um, and I think we'll get done on the counter in the Premier League a lot. The speed is just so much quicker. So, yeah, he's the one I'm most worried about staying next season. If Bellerin stays, he stays. He's another right-back option for us. Gives us something else other than Cedric. But Pablo Marie, nah. Just not happy with that. Not comfortable with that at all. Aiden says, with the 25 players, do Saka and Saliba not still count as under-21s? A good question... It's a good question. Um, and the on- honest answer is I'm not 100% sure if they need to be registered because they are under the age of 21. Uh, Saliba, of course, counts as homegrown now, as does Martinelli. I will have to double check on that. Even if, if it is that case, it would be that Martinelli, Saliba, Saka, I'm trying to think of any more that are under the age of 21. I'm not sure that we do have any more that are under the age of 20. Even if it is that, we are still over by five. So, you know, even then, we still need to move on a significant number of players next season. Uh, let's go to uh, Niels As Jesus can score 20 goals in City, he was playing uh, with Raheem and Mahrez, uh, who are selfish for scoring goals themselves. Saka and Gabby are going to feed him. Uh, MJ Ten says if we face a worst case scenario and go into the season without a winger option, I think keeping Pepe for the Carabao and Europa League games is an acceptable solution. It's an acceptable solution, it's just not an ideal solution, of course. Smith Rowe is is over twenty one now, is he not? I'm pretty sure. Do a quick check. He is indeed 21, turned 21 on July. So he will go into the start of the season, Dave, as a uh, as a senior player next season. Uh, Aya says, why are people obsessed with giving Pepe a chance? He has skills, fine, but his mentality and attitude alone should trump anything else. I don't think Pepe has an attitude problem. I think that's harsh, Aya, to be honest. I don't think it's ever been an attitude problem with Pepe. I think it's an application problem. I think he's got lots of talent, loads of ability, He just can't apply it in this Arsenal team. I think he could apply it elsewhere in a different team. But I think it's harsh to say that he has an attitude problem. Uh, Namdi says, in your opinion, how many more signs do you think we get? I believe two. I agree with you. I think it will be two, um, including Zinchenko. So technically, after Zinchenko, one. I said it would be one before the season starts in Zinchenko. And I think we'd get one more after the season starts. So I'm going to go with after Zinchenko, one more. Um, but yeah, I don't think people are going to be particularly happy with that, but I think it's going to be heavily affected by how quickly and how many players we can move out before the window finishes. Uh, Lynn says, Tom, do you think that some of our fans will keep, will give up on Pepe? I think plenty have Lynn. I think, you know, I kind of have at this point, I've given up on the idea that he should be kept. I would look to replace him. So I, I think a lot of people have kind of waved the white flag in regards to Pepe's Arsenal career at this stage. Uh, Paul says, do you think the Telemans deal is going to happen in this window? It depends if we manage to sell players. If both Terreira and Maitland-Niles leave, then yes, I think it certainly could happen. But if we don't move both of those players on, then maybe we will struggle to bring a player in. So it depends on the players that we move on. That's what it's reliant upon. It's, the, it's reliant upon Lucas Torreira and Maitland-Niles being sold. And I'm hopeful that both of them are going to be sold between now. And the end of the window. Um, Aya says Tom Pepe doesn't apply himself to how the team plays. Example constant pressing, and that's how attitude and that's down to attitude on the pitch. If youngsters like Martinelli can, why can't he? Because it's not his style. You know, I wouldn't say that Ronaldo has an attitude problem. Ronaldo is one of the most committed, dedicated players to get to the level that he is. He's never been a presser, he's never been a presser of the ball. So I don't apply an attitude issue with a player that doesn't necessarily press and i think that's unfair because you know ronaldo got to the level that he's at because of his attitude and commitment to getting to that level and i wouldn't say mm, you got an attitude problem mate i just wouldn't lay i wouldn't label it that way because he doesn't press i might label it because of other things ronaldo's done wrong but i wouldn't put it down to the pressing style to be honest um, let's go to Neil There's Tom, any free agents Arsenal should be looking at. Grilich is is still a free agent in midfield. If Arsenal want to bring in a, a more deep minded midfielder, perhaps Grilich is, is the player that they should be looking at. If they can't think of signing someone like Attilamans. um, I don't know why they wouldn't, but you know, I think he's an option that's still out there on a free transfer. I'm surprised that Dabal has gone to Roma. I think that could have been a really good option for Arsenal to bring in someone experienced, someone who's been playing at the top level for a long, long time. I would have been open to someone like Dabala coming into the club this season. I think it could have been a decent move for the club. Uh, Nambi says, Hi, Tom. Do you think that we need to keep our powder dry with recruitment this summer to allow for exceptional players when we qualify for the Champions League next season? No, because I think we've proven that we have signed Champions League quality players like Zinchenko and Jesus without Champions League football. I think there are other positions on the field potentially like right back, potentially um, like second striker that could be brought in at a level that if you get Champions League, great. But I think we've proven that we can bring in Champions League level players without being in the Champions League this summer. And that's going to be important. Um, So I don't necessarily think we should wait just because we can get a better player if we qualify, because it's a gamble. And we might not even get those players either. Leon asked me the question about where you think we'll finish when the season, uh, when the window closes. I just can't give you an accurate estimate at the moment about where I think we'll finish. In terms of what I... What I expect, it's Champions League qualification. We have to finish in the Champions League qualification spots or win the Europa League. That has to be the absolute minimum, Uh, as Aston Max said, to Martin Odegaard uh, for next season. Uh, Vishal says, do you see Tavares as a long-term solution at left-back? Does he have a future with Arsenal, given we're looking for a player with a better defensive attributes? If he improves, yes. And I think that if he can go on loan and improve that area of his game, then there's a chance. There's a player in Tavares. I see the potential in him. He just needs to be significantly refined in in a number of a number of areas of his game. Defensively is a big one, and final decision making in the final third is another. But you know his drive, his speed is uh, you know his creativity, his movement can be really good. His link up play can be good. His timing of some of his passes can be good, and he's shown to be a really good player at times. The games against Leicester Villa. Watford, Newcastle last season really showed that. But we need to see it more consistently. And I think he needs more consistent minutes. And if he goes on loan, I think he will definitely, definitely get those uh, get those opportunities. If he replaces Mark Cucurea at Brighton for a season, that is a potential option for us as well. We're going to finish the, se- the season. <laughs> We're going to finish the show off there. I'm still exceptionally tired. I'm probably going to get another nap this morning before I do anything else. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I'm not sure there'll be another show this uh, this afternoon, but there will be one tomorrow morning at the usual time of 8 a.m. I hope you've appreciated me jumping on despite still being ridiculously tired. Apologies for the work going on outside that you can probably hear as well. Um, but do drop a like on the video. Do subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. And I will see you very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal.